Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host, Mr. Keith Myers. We're here to talk about the game last Sunday where the Seahawks triumphed over the New York Giants by a score of 23-13. to Didn't even seem like it was that close. Uh, Seahawks pulled away with a couple of uh, fourth-quarter touchdowns uh, to give us that that victory. And, uh, man, it's it's really starting to to feel like a special year, Keith. And we had no idea uh, at the 1st of December or 1st of September, if that was going to be the case, it seemed like it was going to be kind of a long season where we were just going to mm-hmm. kind of go through the motions and look forward to the draft and, and next year. And, and all of a sudden we're, we're actually talking playoffs here, Keith. Yeah. The, um, you know, the Seahawks sure didn't look that good on paper and, uh, the first, I mean, they, they won in week one against Denver, but Denver looked awful. Um, and they looked better against Seattle than other teams. And then you look at, um, you know, what happened in that San Francisco game where they just looked like they were not up at the same level, at the same tier. Um, and it, it at, you get into that point at that the season, the other one and one, but it feels like, this defense can't stop anyone. The offense looks like it's not going to be able to sustain stuff. This is going to be a, a long, long year. And you and I had both um, predicted five wins for this team. Yeah. They've already got that. And there's half the season left. Um, yeah, right. It's, 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 you look at what the, so you've had three straight wins by at least two touchdowns. Wow, Look I didn't know it was three. I thought it, I thought it was definitely two. Um, yeah, because well, they they beat up on Arizona. That was a yes, bad one. They and, did. Then the, and then these last two have both been by fourteen points, if I remember right. Correct. Um, so that three straight games that were all wins and all by not just double digits, but by 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 two touchdowns or more. And, the, and, and those games weren't even really close. I mean, really, think think about are. the way that the, that these things have gone on. The defense mm-hmm. is even better than we kind of think it is based on those scores. I mean, we handed them the ball in this last game at the two-yard line with that yeah. Tyler they Lockett up, fumble. The defense gave up two field goals. That's it. Against because a team I, that was coming in as hot as heck. Yeah, and, they were 6-1. Uh, they, yeah. they were the best rushing team um, in the NFL in terms of by you know yards per carry. They were 6-1. They were, um, they were just beaten up on people. And Seattle just handed it to them. Yeah. It was clearly just, the better team. Clearly the better team. And that's just, it, that's just crazy to think about where we were even mid-September where it looked like Seahawks weren't beating much of anybody, but man, things change and they yeah, have changed, there's, there's, changed for the better. There's one seven and O team. There's a couple of six and one teams. And, and a few five and three teams. And I think that we're clearly the best five and three team out there. And um, 
you could argue we're the second best team in, in all of football right now just based on performance. The way that the defense is playing, our defense is, yeah. is a top five defense in the last three or four games mm-hmm. overall. And, you know, and overall, we're number 12 right now in DVOA, just on defense. We we went from 31st to down 12th. to 19th, down to 12th. Our yeah. offense is already top five, yeah. um, you know, top seven uh, as far as um, efficiency and, and DVOA. And our I, special I teams at, is ninth overall. It's like I we're in the top 10 in, in each of those categories. I, I hear that, but have you watched Buffalo play recently? Well, Buffalo and Kansas City, I think, are the cream of the crop. And 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 then we're not even talking about Philadelphia yet. Philadelphia's got yeah. a heck of a team. Probably go eight yeah. and oh. They play the Texans this week. There's no reason mm-hmm. to to that they're gonna get stopped. So Yeah. But and but, so yeah, and then those C- teams and then Seattle. So I would Min- say that we're and Minnesota is one of those teams with one loss that it just continues to win, even Minnesota. though they have it. Minnesota seems more closer to New York than Kansas City or Buffalo. True, but they just keep winning. And so we, you know um they got to go and and make it happen uh but i'd put seattle on par with with minnesota and and, you know and and in that right maybe not in the top um you know three but right there fourth i got a question for you on minnesota so minnesota the trade deadline went out and got tj hawkinson to come Mm -hmm. in and be their tight end interdivision trade which i thought was kind of interesting um seahawks decided to stay pat didn't make any moves. In fact, we released Sidney Jones after the trade deadline. They brought in a receiver, uh, Treadwell, uh, to come in and be on the practice squad. Uh, they released Whiteside from the practice squad. Those were our moves at the deadline. Uh, yeah, didn't really the, decide the, the to Sydney move the needle Jones, in any direction. The Sidney Jones one, I mean, they, they've been trying to trade him because he's lost his job. Uh, but he played in this last game. so And he's a good corner. He is so why so the idea that they just cut him, um, I mean that might have been he asked he's like look if you can't trade me can you cut me so I can go find a team and play because I'm not going to play much here, um, but he's a good player and I, I'm a little surprised that they chose to. It's interesting uh, how the same go. thing happened to him, you know, the the year prior to. I uh, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that and um, yeah he's a good player. Uh, but it shows just how strong our secondary room has has uh, gotten uh, yeah. this last offseason with a couple of, of new players. Well, Jackson is is not new, but he's uh, he only had three games under his belt last time, a couple starts, um, and he's really playing very very well. He's In playing fact, really this, good. This football, game, uh, this game was outstanding. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about a sticky corner who's really physical. He is he's even four. more physical than Tariq Woolen. Yeah, he's not as fast as Wolin. Um, nobody is, but uh, he's bigger, which is hard to say because Wolin's huge. Uh, he's very physical. He tackles well. He comes up, and plays the run well. Um, he is every bit as um, insane that he's a corner as uh, Brandon Browner ever was, and there he is doing his job and and doing it well. And it's. He was the weak link in the secondary for the first like three or four weeks. Yes, sir. And he is not. Um, I, well, I don't know. He might. He might be the weakest link of the starting four, but right. That's not saying you know much because right. the other three have been damn good uh, the last couple of weeks. We're so, not really giving um, up anything on defense right now. It's not. you know the, it starts up front. Okay, so it start. It really does. It starts up front. Mm-hmm. We're limiting teams 
uh, running the ball very effectively the last three weeks. I mean, this thing has just turned around like crazy. Um, and, and, and then our, our secondary has been playing tight as well. So we've been squeezing down on the, uh, against the run and then we've been forcing teams to throw against us. And then we've been taking advantage of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we used to been, yeah, yeah, we've been, we, we used to give up 400 plus yards a game. No, no problem on the defense. We didn't even think that was crazy. Um, and then now they're giving up, you know, sometimes under 300. I think the total yardage against New York was 225 total yards against New York. Um, and you know, the sacks are coming, you know, I think we had three, we had five sacks against, uh, um, Jones, um, the week prior we had three, I think the week prior to that, we had five against the Cardinals. Um, Nuasu's playing outstanding. Uh, Boye Mafe is playing great. Uh, Puna Ford is starting to feel now comfortable in this kind of new role that they've got him uh, playing out of. Um, so it's, man, what can you say? It's, a, it's just L- an amazing LJ, turnaround. LJ Collier even made an impact in this game, getting his hand up and swatting a pass down. Um, I mean, who remembered he was on the roster? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Seattle. So Seattle holds the Giants to 13 points. Um, they had eight tackles for loss. They had five sacks. They they held New York to 78 yards total rushing on like 26 or 27 uh, rushing attempts, including Jones rushing. Only 147 net yards passing. When you count in the sack yards, 147. Yeah. Yeah, the only stat they really won was the time of possession at 33-34, which again points to how outstanding the defense played because um, the offense was efficient enough, had some big plays from Gino and mm-hmm. um, and their wide receivers and, and Ken Walker there with that 16-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter to really nail that thing. Um, but we didn't allow them to to generate big plays in this in this game. Um, everything was just kind of creeping along for them. And, um, we made a lot of stops on third down. Their third down conversions were six of 16. Um, and Seattle's been doing that for three consecutive weeks. Um, so it's, it's just been, it's been great. And I think that, I think that, that like, um, looking at the, the giants were a very good running team. Um, and say 170 yards a game. Saquon Barkley's been having an amazing year. Like, just he's been fantastic. And the Seahawks held him to 53 yards on 20 carries. And this is a guy that can kill you from anywhere on the field. He can hit a home run. Absolutely. It's just, it is crazy to me to think that this is a team that was running the ball on anyone they played. And Seattle just walked up and shut him down. So, this is why I think you and I both are um like our for our midweek show are, is kind of reassessing expectations and and redoing our predictions mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the way because it's changed so much that now those the predictions we had at the beginning of the year are just completely irrelevant um, oh yeah it's, it's a completely different team that the defense being now looking like it can sustain this and if it does it's going to be a top 10 defense in the nfl potentially top five i mean this is how good they're playing which you is got more the offense what, playing which is more really of what well. you and i expected 
because go, during the offseason and 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 everything, you and I looked at the defense and said the national media isn't giving this defense enough credit. It's better than people think. Yeah. And then, of course, they they did not look at the first like three weeks or four weeks. Um, but well, the we last can figure it out. They were like, how how can this much talent be bad? Um, but it was. And then, but they've turned it around. And for the last three weeks, they've been great. They've been they've been a top five defense. They've been what you and I expected them to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just been it's been a great team effort. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so many players that have stood out. Um, at first, it was like Tariq Woolen and Tariq Woolen and Geno, Uchenna, yeah, Uchenna Nwasu, yeah, Nwasu. were carrying the, what we did have of the defense. Nobody else was playing well at all. Um, and you know, and it's going to be interesting to really kind of look at it closely and put the the numbers together and compare what was going on in the first four weeks versus the back, you know, the, the last four weeks or even five weeks, first four, five weeks. I mean, this turnaround's really only been since the Cardinal game. Yeah. And, and then you look at, you look at, um, in the secondary, like they, they inserted, um, Ryan Neal and that's been a, a major lift for the, yeah, for that. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Jackson's been getting better and better every week. I mean, it, Kobe they, uh, yeah. And the emergence of Kobe Bryant as the nickel. I mean, he was, he really struggled early mm-hmm. on, and then all of a sudden he's come on and been. It's allowed been Diggs fantastic. to play better, mm-hmm. yeah. And their rushing is, <laughs> is attack is starting to get to the quarterback. Not not only get to the quarterback, but um, d- disrupt timing and uh, have the, those quarterback hurries and hits. Um, there were a few times in this game where it felt like um, that uh, they they weren't. Um, I know they had five sacks and they had a bunch of hurries and all of that, but um, you know, Daniel Jones, a couple, you know, on, especially on some third downs, was able to sit there and wait and wait and wait and then deliver a pass. And I'm like, okay, we need to fix that. But they're also, uh, yeah, okay, that happened a few times, but they also got after him five you know, for five sacks and a bunch of other pressures. And they were doing on without Daryl Taylor, who played all of three plays, and then his groin injury that. I mean, he was questionable coming in, and they probably should have just left him on the inactive list. But he tried to play, played like three plays, and it's like, no, nah, I can't push off at all. So they sat him. And, um, I mean, he's one of their better, more productive pass rushers. And they didn't have him in this game. And I, I think you could kind of tell a little bit. But overall, it's hard to complain when the defense plays that well overall. And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's hard to complain, and you know, I guess it does point to the idea that Seattle decided not to do anything at the trade deadline. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't go out and try to get Chubb, for example, like Miami did, uh, and give up draft picks, draft capital, uh, your future, basically, to get a player right now. They've done that in the past. They've so, been in this position where they went out and got uh, Richardson to 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 beef up the middle. They went out and got Clowney uh, at the trade deadline. You know, um, so well, they made all, a number they went, of moves. Yeah, and um, Dwayne Brown at left tackle is probably mm-hmm. the, the biggest one um, that they did as a as a mid season trade. But um, yeah, I mean they have they they didn't make any trades. They didn't need to. But I will say that Denver trading Chubb away to Miami is huge because that's just them saying right there that they're giving yeah. up on the season. That and they, they may have won this week in, in London, but they beat the, the one of the worst beat, teams in the NFL to do it. They beat Jacksonville and Russ didn't look particularly good even against Jacksonville. Yeah. And I think they are saying that the writing's on the wall there uh, with that move, which is just really interesting to me. I, you know, right now ESPN looking at their schedule, they've got kind of a predictor. Um, algorithm uh mm-hmm. thing out there that's predicting that um they'll end up with the fifth overall pick and, Which and that pick seattle, is ours seattle will end up with the fifth overall pick and i'm not going to be sad at all about that because yeah. so we'll see how be, it goes but they're, they're quarterback of the future you got it he's right you're right there um or if you don't and you want to go get an elite pass rusher or a game wrecker defensive tackle guess what you yeah. can get that too so yeah it's it's looking pretty sweet right now all things considered i mean this is shocking to me i i just can't even yeah emote that enough how ahead of schedule this whole thing is in my brain it's like we were going to clearly have these conversations next year possibly even the year after depending on how long it took to develop a new quarterback and so forth mm-hmm. um we're having these conversations right now and we probably it probably hasn't even sunk in just how upgraded this team is uh right now all of a sudden i mean let's talk about that let's talk about first let's talk about the the offense a little bit let's start right at the top with geno smith i thought geno smith had another solid game uh 23 of 34 212 yards through a couple t- uh, touchdown passes one to dk metcalf the other to tyler lockett they both looked great he had a number of other throws i thought that could have elevated his stats yeah, quite a he bit. Hit, he had another he, touchdown. He locked it in the, in the face mask, and honestly, yeah, that was tough. Um, at no other point in Lockett's career is that not a touchdown. I like. I don't. Tyler know, Lockett had. Drop. Tyler Lockett had the worst game I've seen him play, like ever. Go back to college. That that I mean, between the fumble on the two yard line and dropping what was an easy touchdown. Um, not getting his toe down the, the second toe. I mean, he just missed it. But that, it was a great but, throw, a perfect so, throw, a great catch. He's so good at it. You just kind of yes. expect him to because he's he never fails to get that toe down. Right. Um, and then, but he did on that play, and so that was kind of weird. But then, like that was that that was an uncharacteristically bad performance by Lockett, in which he led the team in passing yards and had that beautiful touchdown um, in the second half. Uh, his redemption uh, play. Yeah, yeah the game that, was tied 13 to 13. Yeah. And Gino and he, put he, together this masterful drive, really, five uh, for five, 75 yards, ended on that Medcalf, yep. or not Medcalf, uh, Lockett 
uh, reception for about 35 yards for a touchdown Re- redemption absolutely you you type that to me in all caps <laughs> in, mm-hmm. a, uh, in a in a message and it was just like absolutely that was ready made for for uh, hallmark tv moment uh to be able to to get that and just kind of erase everything else yep um and, and knew that he wasn't going to cost his team a game i mean they 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 went up and then they were able to uh, put together a, another drive and and um where ken walker had that really nice uh started inside uh run and and broke it to the outside and had enough speed to just go around everybody uh he, into the end zone he gets, it was to crazy. That, he gets to that corner as good as anybody in the league right now with that yeah. speed that he has yeah it's exciting because man he's ours mm-hmm. <laughs> he's ours we get to see it every week um yep. you know and and i will say this too both receivers pushed through injuries you know we didn't think that yeah. we were going to have dk metcalf when he went down we heard it was a I teller, uh, tendon kind of an issue just even on caution alone you keep a player out a couple of weeks there just just because he had 10 and, targets in this game yeah 10 for a guy that honestly no one expected to play and some of those uh, are really nice fighting you know contested catches and Oh, that Gino yeah. was was spot on on all of his throws, Keith. I mean, even the throws he missed on were so close. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and and most of them were uninterceptable. I mean, really, they were just placed really well. I I just thought he had a great game. If he completed those three passes that we talked about, the one to Goodwin, um, the two to Lockett, the, the two to Lockett, yeah, the two drops. Statistically, I mean, the one- Keith, I would have been over three hundred. You know. 25 yards and four yeah. touchdowns uh yeah it would have been and, and and i mean that's a fantastic game and and so it's it's kind of the oh you know would have well that kind I, I i try not to do that too much but those were blatant drops by two receivers that don't drop the ball mm-hmm. and the other i mean the one that were lockett didn't get his foot down i mean that was the ball was placed you know really wide he had to go get it um as he's fallen out of bounds and I, I tend not to be like, okay, that's a guarantee, even though it's Lockett and he does it like every freaking week for us. Um, I don't want to like just, you know, I, I don't want to say like, well, that he should have had that and whatever. Uh, but the other two were touchdown passes that were yeah. just straight up dropped. Um, and so Gino's performance and his stats don't completely match and his stats aren't bad. Um, yeah. But his performance was even better than those stats indicate. I mean, and we would have had it would have just been a blowout. I mean, those drives ended in field goals for Seattle instead of touchdowns. So the one thing when I'm looking at at all of this that that uh, gave me pause was um, third down for Seattle, and I just expected them to overall have better numbers. Um, I'm going to be a counter for that. Okay, they were he was under pressure. I mean. That that Giants defense, I have to give them credit. I mean, well, Gino was under pressure. That, they had I'm not three sacks. Trying to sacks. say it was just Gino on here. I'm just saying overall for the offense. Yeah, they were three and three of thirteen. Now those two drops that we talked about were on third down, and so that would have been five of thirteen, which isn't terrible, but it's not good enough. Um, three of thirteen is actually kind of bad, and that's overall. And you're right, he was under pressure on those. I'm not trying to put this on Gino's, um, you know, at, at Gino's feet because I don't think that it was him i think it did a lot of pressure coming up the middle um they they struggled with pass rush a little bit but overall 
the end result is three and three, three and three of three, 13. That's only 23%. Um, and in a game in which they were the better team and they ended up winning by two touchdowns and it should have been more, um, you know, with you and I are talking about with those other, those catches that were dropped and Lockett giving them the ball in the two yard line. So, I mean, the defense didn't really give that up. That's two yards. Uh, this game looked like this game felt and looked like a blowout. And then you look at third down and you're like, okay, three of 13. That's, that's not good. Now they were two of two on fourth down, uh, which which I thought was pretty, pretty exciting. The other thing I think that helps we haven't talked about, in fact, we haven't talked about it really all this, this year is special teams. Uh, Seattle special teams unit uh, really put on a clinic. They forced the giants returner. Richie James ended up going out with a, a concussion. Hope he's okay. He fumbled twice. Uh, one was recovered by Will Disley, the other one by Joey Blount, uh, enabled us to kind of flip the field real quick. Uh, Jason Myers also went two for two on field goals and three for three on conversions. Uh, he's having an outstanding year. So I just wanted to make sure that we talked about that. That enabled us to, you know, score those, some, some of those points um, and, and prevent the Giants from having uh, opportunities. So. Uh, all in all, the the efficiency was helped out a little bit there by getting the ball in, in a scoring position. Um, yeah. yeah, and then I and mean, then when the when the Geno had that great drive, that the five for five seventy five yard to put this game away, um, we didn't have any third downs. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to have third down conversions when you you're you're um, you're making like twelve yards per play um on average for that drive uh, <laughs> you don't really Absolutely. have second downs uh yeah. for a lot there's right. a lot of you know first down first down first down first down touchdown and yeah. um you, it's, beautiful. it's a no, beautiful thing not a single person complaining about that drive that drive was fantastic i mean that was that was gina putting on a clinic it's like yes. you give me a little bit of protection with the receivers and weapons that i've got you aren't stopping this offense all right so <laughs> I know that we're going to have this conversation a little bit later, but that kind of points me to the idea that um, we're five and three now. Um, I'm not going to, I don't want to bring up the schedule or anything the rest of the way, but we've got some winnable games now, especially our new made team that mm-hmm. we, that we have all of a sudden, we're going to be in the playoff hunt. We're going to be in that conversation now. Uh, and that should be the kind of the expectation really, which leads me to the idea of Geno Smith being a long-term answer at quarterback and, and long-term let's be realistic. Let's just say three years. Um, what is it going to take for the Seahawks to retain this guy? And do, is that the priority now? Um, do they try to get something done before the end of the year? If not, what could this thing kind of look like at the end of at, you know, in the off season? Um, and especially if he leads them, like in a in a deep playoff run or something um, oh the, yeah it'd be I, crazy I, I don't think they'll get it done during the season just simply because gino has no incentive <laughs> to get it done earlier when he could wait it out and let the market kind of be set because the, the quarterback market goes up every year um and then yeah he's going to demand a big contract it's going to be hard this is this is who he is now i kind of think it is now i i don't know if gino could go if you could it, if Gino left Seattle and went to Carolina or Houston and took over there, I don't know if he'd look this good. 
he looks really good in this. He worked, he looks great in Seattle system with Shane Waldron. Mm -hmm. Um, like that, that is a great pairing. The two of them, uh, the way that Seattle likes to run the ball, uh, Pete Carroll's like kind of philosophy and everything. It's a great fit. And I don't know if you take him out of Seattle, if it, you get the same return. And hopefully he sees that and recognizes that he's better off here than elsewhere. Um, and hopefully Shane team, Waldron realized that he's better off here in his, in his third season as opposed to getting and taking offers I don't know. That, are, that are better. Um, Waldron took a lot of um, blame for last year. And I don't think there's a lot of uh, shine on his uh, on him right now because of last year. Yeah, uh, but... So this year is looking good and he's doing it with, with Gino and people are going to take notice. It'll be if he, if this, if the Seahawks redo this sec success offensively next year, that'll be when he becomes the, you know, the, the guy that everybody I, wants. I, I disagree with you in the, in the, in that idea as a premise only because of Russ, the Russell, Russell Wilson factor and, and that, and now we've seen that displayed outside of the organization and clearly um shane waldron wasn't responsible for a lot of that true and i'm not trying to say that he was i'm just saying that overall like the, the perception of him is that um last year was rough and this year is significant significantly better but giving a guy a head coaching gig on one good year as a coordinator makes like I don't know if an owner is going to sign off on that, given the millions of dollars it takes to sign a coach. Um, he and just not a lot of experience. Let's be honest. That's what it's about. We saw Hackett yep. change teams as an offensive coordinator oh, in God. Green Bay for four seasons, having a lot of success there, going to a new team, but and not really having any head coaching experience at all, and then surrounding himself with inexperienced coaches was, mm -hmm. was a disaster. It is a disaster. So yes, I agree. Teams would want to avoid that. Every person is different. I'm not going to hang that around Shane Waldron's neck, but no, um, no, I, I just don't, I having watched the way the coaching carousel works, I don't think there's going to be a particularly large amount of interest in Shane Waldron this off season. Um, if they, even if they do the continue this and it looks good, it'll be next year that he becomes kind of the, um, you know, the star coordinator, the up and coming one that people are talking about all the time and, and gets interviews. Uh, I, I don't think it's coming this year. So let's come full circle on this Geno Smith talk because in, mm -hmm. in the off season, Keith, and you know, uh, we, did, we elected not to go with, um, any quarterback upgrades in the off season. We had the Drew Locke, uh, you know, compensation from Denver and then, yeah, Gino. but that, that was to get him out of Denver. It's true. Now, the now CX never the CX never really wanted him. That may be at, true, but what, what I'm Carroll saying is from the very beginning, it didn't sound like the Seahawks wanted Drew Locke. Right, but what I'm saying is, you know, even if it was the Geno show the entire time, um, that was a big leap of faith from Pete Carroll and this organization, and we yes, just really was. didn't didn't see it. And we went through the all off off season. In preseason, he didn't do anything. In yeah. preseason, Gino struggled a little bit, didn't throw a single touchdown. We, well, and, we and just thought that it was going to be a disaster. Year. Yeah, we thought it was going to be a disaster. He had two two disastrous games and then one really good game against Jacksonville, which is 
I'm surprised they're even considered an NFL team still. Um, and every every place that Gino's been, he's been replaced. Yeah. And, and so we just figured, based on history and based on the facts in front of us, this is what he was. This is a, this is unprecedented, I think, in the NFL. Maybe Rich Gannon, you mentioned it last week, mm-hmm. um, would be somewhat of a comp, although Gino's even got more time than that here in between. Yeah, uh, being a starter and and even playing really, and so it goes are, to show is you. Geno Smith the quarterback in twenty twenty three for the Seattle Seahawks? Yes, and can we expect this Geno Smith to to continue? Yes, for both of those, uh, I I believe he is. Even if the team drafts a quarterback with whatever pick Denver gives us <clears throat> in the top ten, Geno Smith will be back as um as the starter so they can and why the, wouldn't he be yeah and, and um the team will pay unless him. they just can't figure out how to pay him well they will i mean They'll there is him. a situation where he could end up in in kind of a Tannehill count kind of a contract situation where yeah. they're getting closer to you know based on the way that the the markets are increasing and and the caps increasing this thing could end up getting closer to 35 million no, a year so. for gino Given um, what they're paying him this year, which most of which is an incentive, I know, but you got to throw in, that out just he, like you got to throw Geno Smith gonna, passed out. You got to throw his contract out too. That's yeah, ridiculous. It's not a ridiculous contract. It's a great contract for him because even okay, and for Seattle, it, if he if Geno was what you and I expected him to be, it was like an eight million dollar gamble for him to be a bridge for a year. But the Geno Smith that's playing now is going to get like eighteen and a half. That's a that that was it's a great contract for both um, because either he hits all these incentives and gets all that money or the team's not out anything. Um, and the CX love the fact that they're going to have to pay all those incentives. They're they're ecstatic about it. And so his next contract won't have the won't be incentive laden. It will be guaranteed money laden um, and he'll get a raise from 18 to 25 or 27. But he's not a thirty-five or forty million dollar. So I'm just going to let you know now that he's he's on a three and a half million dollar contract base salary that's fully guaranteed, but he's got three and a half million in guarantees available to him with a with a total out of seven million dollars this year. That's where he's at. Well, so there's there's more incentives than that. That's the incentive package. No, we, incentive and we thought package, that that was pretty strong when he signed that contract. We were both raising our eyebrows, incentive, going, "That's a pretty, that's a hefty raise from where he was last year." The incentive package can push him up to eighteen. I did not see that or hear that. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to know that because I that would make a difference for me, but I don't think that that's accurate. I think that. And and I don't think and and what you're saying about a raise up to 25, I think that's accurate. I think 25 to 30 right now is nobody would scoff at that. There are no Seahawks fans that would scoff at paying Geno Smith the way he's playing now. And if he continued to play that and lead us into the playoffs to come back and be our quarterback to make sure that we had continuity at that position um, while we have a window. I mean, clearly we would have a Super Bowl window with this roster built as is and we still have five picks in the top 50 to come our way um so we could we could clearly be you know able to win with Gino for the next three or four years depending on if he falls off at all so i would pay him whatever it takes at this point 
but that's just me. I mean, and I think that that number is probably closer to 30 than it is to 25. And it could be even higher than that, depending on the market. You know, he's, I haven't looked closely at the free agent quarterback market out there, but it's usually crap. And Gina would be at the top easy. So he's going to set the market. Yeah. I don't know. He has, he has many years of being a journeyman backup. That's not starting quality. And I know, but this is phenomenal. He's, he's going to get a contract. He's going to get a, he's going to get a good contract. I think he'll stay in Seattle um, because I think everyone's going to recognize that he is a product of the talent and, and system in Seattle um, and that he won't be as good and outside Pete of Carroll. The, Yeah. And Pete Carroll. And this is the Pete Carroll that, had all that faith in him when nobody else did yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean if i was gino i would definitely want to come back you know yeah. and i would take a little home can- town discount to make sure that i had success there's there's no question you reward me i'll reward you but it's still gonna be crazy it's gonna be crazy anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves on that conversation but yeah, talk about fun i mean I'm having fun, Keith. I know that you are too. I know that oh, yeah. we had tempered our expectations so much heading into this season. We knew this was not going to be easy. Uh, and and so we weren't setting ourselves up for massive disappointment. We were already there out of the gate in week one. We were like, this is not going to be great, but let's make the best of it and, and focus on individual performances and see what we can have as a roster that we can take forward to next year. Now it's like, this is a playoff team roster. This is a team ready to win now. And our expectations now, Keith, after like a game like this in the last three weeks, we go out and we can compete in any game is the expectation. Oh, and yeah. the wins <laughs> now are starting to, to stack up as far as expectations are concerned. Well, yeah, you look at these last three games and they weren't just wins. This isn't a team that's eking out wins against bad teams. This is the Seahawks dominating teams and two of which are good football teams. Um, and they were, they, they won by two touchdowns and it wasn't like, Oh yeah, late score, put them up, you know, but it was much closer. The games didn't feel two touchdowns uh, close. They felt like three or four. You get that kind of level of dominance over malt, uh, you know, multiple um, games in a row and against good teams like the Giants, which were six and one, and, you know, um, the Chargers who've been, you know, their their record doesn't show as good as they've been because uh, they've had a couple, like, fluky things happen. But overall, like, they're a better team than I think a lot of people realize. It didn't matter. Seattle was just better. So give me, give me a team, especially in the NFC, that you wouldn't want the Seahawks to play in the playoffs. Is yeah. there a team? Is there a team that you're actually scared of in the NFC? Uh, the Eagles look interesting to me. They've scored 196 points. They've had 118 points against. That's a that's a big differential. Four and zero at home, three and zero away. Uh, you know they look like they're going to win their game against Houston coming up. That team's yep. going to be eight now. Okay, so the Eagles. The, I, I'll give you the Eagles. The, the Eagles look great. And and a lot then, of that but the Vikings look like they're pretenders. I mean, they're they're six and one. The NFC South is just a complete crap show. Even though the Falcons gave us, you know, trouble and, and won that game, the Packers yeah. look like they're not in contention this year. The Rams are three and four. 
49ers are four and four. They look competent, um, but, but beatable. And then um, we just beat the Giants. And you could look at maybe the Cowboys at six and two. Um, and, and they look fairly decent at this point. Um, but other than that, you've got your own Seattle Seahawks. And, and I would say that based on the way the season's going, looking at our upcoming opponents and everything else that the NFC is doing, um, why not us? Is yeah. is really what it comes down to. It could it could end up being the Eagles and the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. And I know that sounds freaking crazy on November first to say something like that, but that's it where sounds, we're at. It sounds freaking crazy to think about that in the post Russell Wilson era. Like Seattle had a franchise quarterback that it leaned on to overcome a lot of deficiencies elsewhere on the roster. The last well, not maybe not last year because of the injury and and. And that, but for the previous like four years before that, um, he's gone. And we stole this, their draft picks. We've got this journeyman backup that's <laughs> you know playing quarterback, and yeah, right, uh, you know, a bunch of rookies all over the field and at important. Talk about the rookies, like, man! Like two offensive tackles oh. and two, you know, your your one of your starting cornerbacks and your starting nickel back and. Um, you know, you just look at look a running back and and pass rusher also all rookies. Right. And you just look around and you're just like, man, everything fell into place. Like you just, you, it's hard to imagine that that the roster as it's constructed, um, what is going to be this good, because you just don't expect everything to fall in place. Yeah. Right. Well, I, and I outlined it like we had a show. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was a prediction show or it was right in there where we were just like, and this needs to happen and this and that and this, and it all needs to line up and the defense needs to be outstanding. And Geno Smith have to have a career year. And, and well, it was yeah, like, and so improbable. We just threw it out. We just said, that isn't going to happen. You, you looked at me, you said, that is not going to happen. Yeah. You know? it's too, there, there was too, there were too many things, <laughs> right? Because it's not, it's not that any one of them was entirely improbable. It's that there were so many things that all had to hit. Uh, all of them had to hit. Um, and all of them hit, Keith, and all of them went beyond hitting. Yeah. Like the two tackles ended was, up being way better than even just replacement level players. And, yeah. And, they were, and we, Ken Walker could be the offensive rookie of the year. And Geno Smith is the defensive is rookie just of the playing year. Okay. He's playing fantastic. Top, he's playing top three, top three right now in the NFL yeah. statistically in almost every category. He's, he's right there with Allen is, and Mahomes. He is straight up outplaying guys like Russell Wilson, um, and you know Aaron right. Rodgers and right Matthew Tom Stafford, Brady et cetera. And right Matthew Stafford. I mean, he is straight up outplaying those guys. And it's one thing to do it over a couple of weeks and go, oh yeah, okay, we are halfway through the season. We are halfway through, through the season. There is so much tape out there for teams to look at and go, okay, now we know how to stop Gino. Nobody stopped him. The guy's and he's playing. Got a, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, it's just, and it's fantastic. I just think yeah, but, he's handled it really well. The coaches handled it. It's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, this success. Carroll. Yeah. It, Pete Carroll is a master motivator. He's a guy who, people want to run through walls for because he does stuff like this where he'll show faith in someone who honestly from the outside you just don't see why why he would he would bother the energy um 
Chris Carson was a great example with all the fumbles that he had and he stuck by him. And we were just like, God, you got to, he's not protecting the football. You've got other players on the roster. You got to try. And he's like, Nope, this is my guy. And it paid off. Do you know what, where it paid off again against one of the best wide receivers that this team has ever seen in Tyler Lockett had a horrible day. Pete goes up to him and gives him a hug and, and whispers in his ear, you know, and says, I believe in you and you're going to show up in this game and you got an opportunity. You know, you're going to have a couple opportunities to score. So just get this out of your head. Yeah. You're the best, he, you're the best red receiver I've ever seen. And, and then Lockett has the redemption catch. Yeah. And that's so, okay, Pete Carroll. I heard a, nutshell. um, I had a, I was listening to the radio and they had one of the, one of these, um, guys that works for ESPN on that use all of the next gen stats and, you know, basically we're talking about like the microchips that track player movement and everything. And it was a national show, but they were talking about, you know, good receivers and whatnot. And they said, when it comes to getting open and catching the ball, the best receiver in the NFL is Tyler Lockett. Now he can't get a yak yard to save his life is what they said. Uh, and when you put in all of the, the, all of the data, including yak stuff in there, there are guys that, that are, that come out, um, about above him because they they catch the ball and then you know get those yards but as far as getting open and catching the ball there's not a better receiver in the nfl and i was i was kind of surprised to hear that from someone who reports uh on the league as a whole nationally and not a seattle person because lockett just never gets that kind of press yeah interesting fun conversations all right let's get uh let's get this thing put behind us we'll get to the midweek show and then our um our show where we're uh, previewing the um, Seahawks at the Cardinals this coming Sunday should be a great game, an opportunity for the Cardinals to uh, to to take one against the Seahawks this year. They didn't look good the last game. They haven't looked oh, good uh, this year, and um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I am at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Find us on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That would be great. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.